Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a delightful lady. Her name is Deborah McBellamy. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly? You did. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to check. I didn't check that off there. So I was hoping that would be okay. the case. Welcome, Deborah. Deborah is a selfologist and author. I love the um, title of selfologist, Deborah. Uh, so welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. So Deborah, tell me first of all, because it obviously was intriguing to me that I saw you refer to yourself as a selfologist, uh, what that encompasses just for the benefit of the audience. So selfologist, so the word ologist means the study of, and then obviously self, because I'm a self-empowerment author and speaker and, you know, everything that goes with it, but basically to help people to understand themselves so that they can have great relationships with themselves and other people. So, yeah, so selfologist explains it all. <laughs> Excellent. I really think that's a very clever idea and uh, can totally relate to that. So today we were talking off air about talking about, you know, how women in particular, because I know the majority of my audience are women, uh, can attract and become, I suppose, better in themselves to know that they can either empower themselves more to have a healthier relationship if they're already in a relationship or mm. to be in a better position if they're single to attract a better relationship. So we were talking a little bit previously about the, being the relationship magnet. So what do you think that actually entails for ladies that are actually currently not happy with their relationship status? Well, it's so interesting that, you know, anything to do with any kind of relationship, even with, with parenting, so it's, it's not just in love relationships, it's all about yourself. It really is all about how you feel about yourself. So if you don't have great self-confidence, if you don't love yourself, if you um, have irrational beliefs about yourself, if you have irrational beliefs about what men are like or what, what women are like, all of that is going to contribute to the type of person that you end up in a relationship with. And also it's going to contribute to what your relationship is like. Um, the mind is such an interesting thing. And, you know, I discovered this many years ago myself when I kept attracting the same partners over and over and over again and I kept up ending in really abusive relationships and one day I was like what is going on here I don't understand why this is happening to me and by then I'd already studied to be an emotional intelligence trainer but I was still doing this even though I kind of had the tools I was still doing this um, and I just went back to all my notes and all my studies and started reflecting and realized that the beliefs I had about men and about myself and how badly I felt about myself was the reason I kept attracting people who were going to treat me the same way I treated myself. So it, everything really does start with how you feel about yourself and how you treat yourself, because that will determine your relationships. 
It's funny, isn't it? Because the way, and this obviously happens for most of us subconsciously, we're not even aware that, of what we're doing or saying about yeah. ourselves quite often, because I know that when I'm in conversation with people, and, I and I'm assuming you do do to Deborah that um, you know as they're speaking they're very self-deprecating and they don't even realize that they're saying words like can't or I shouldn't or I'm this or I'm that with some negative adjective after it. Well that's the thing because you know we've got our thoughts and our thoughts tell us exactly what we feel and what we think about ourselves so um, you've often seen these little sayings that come up and say, you know, if I had to talk to my friends the way I talk to myself, you wouldn't have any friends. Because we look in the mirror and we go, oh, look at you. You're so fat. You're so ugly. Oh, my God. Look, you've got neck fat. You've got, you know, we say these horrible things to ourselves. And that has been role modeled to us a lot of the time. So we're saying those things to ourselves and then we expect to have a loving relationship with somebody who's going to say all the nice things we'd like to hear, but yet we don't say it to ourselves. So everything starts with yourself. So when you start loving yourself and accepting yourself, you're then teaching other people how to love and accept you as well. But if you can't do it to yourself and for yourself, how are other people expected to do that? Yeah, and I often think that, you know, and this can be quite hard to hear if you are in an, an unhealthy relationship or a toxic relationship, that you're actually attracting that for the benefit of your highest good to learn that particular yeah. lesson that actually, you know, this person has been brought into your life because you've attracted them to learn the lesson of uh, loving yourself. It is. It's so hard to, you know, that that first thing, um, people will generally go, oh my gosh, so I'm to blame. It's my fault that this, this person is treating me that badly. It's, it's hard to hear. It's such an awful thing to have to swallow. But what I like about when you start acknowledging that you're treating yourself badly means that you can change it. You can fix it because you can't change the way somebody else treats you or you can't change their behavior, should I say but you can change the way you treat yourself and how you feel about yourself. And then it has that knock on effect. So it's not, and it's also not that you to blame. It's more about, you know, we learn these things through childhood. We learn these things through, through being role model to us. So if you think about even the media, the media makes women look all fantastic and they airbrush the pictures and it's not even real a lot of that stuff isn't real if you look at Facebook how many photos on there are, have filters so our daughters our granddaughters are growing up with this weird way of believing that women have to be perfect so when we then look in a mirror and we start dissing ourselves and criticizing ourselves and saying we're comparing ourselves to something that is not real now, that is not your fault. And also, if you've grown up um, with thinking these things, that's not your fault. You were a child. So all of this was imprinted to you. So it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to change it if you want to have better relationships and to see that as an empowering way instead of from a point of, oh, this is my fault. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think it's, it's very right that you've stressed that it's not anybody's fault. Um, you know, certainly I've been through toxic relationships in my past, you know, as a young woman. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, hard, hard lessons learned to sort of realise that actually 
some of that was to do with me accepting those unacceptable behaviors because even you know um accepting those unacceptable behaviors is not treating yourself well is it exactly it's about setting those boundaries and i think us women we get stuck into this little trap um where we think that you know what we see the best in people so we fall in love with people because we we see their good side and we go you know what I can fix the bad things or I can compromise for the bad things or I can love them enough to help them overcome those bad things. We, we, we generally, um, you know, we, we open our hearts and go, well, I can make a difference. I can help them. And the reality is we can't because then you're compromising, as you say, you're compromising yourself. You're not setting your own boundaries because we can't fix somebody else. We can't love them enough to, to fix their pain. They've got to want to do that for themselves. And I think that's when we, we get into a problem where um, we're looking at somebody's, we're falling in love with their potential and allowing them to be in our lives instead of falling in love for the person and the value that they can add to your life yeah absolutely and quite often as well um you know even in relationships where you do see um your partner improving and and uh, working on themselves sometimes still you know if there is unacceptable behaviors we will accept that just because we've seen you know they have made i suppose changes yeah yeah. The thing is, that if we don't love and accept ourselves or love and respect ourselves, then it's also going to be hard to set those boundaries. Because I think with boundaries, um, we don't want to hurt feelings because even though, you know, we all have emotions and we all have feelings, women operate very much more from a space of feelings and emotions and we're the nurturers. So we're the ones that, you know, we nurture the children and, and we're the, the softer side generally. I'm speaking generally now. And so when we're setting boundaries, we feel we're going to hurt their feelings. We're going to offend them. They're not going to like us. Um, we're going to overcompensate. And But the thing is setting boundaries is where, you are showing that not only are you respecting yourself, but you're teaching them how to respect you as well. So, I mean, I remember the first abusive relationship that I was in when I was growing up as a teenager, I heard about abusive relationships and, and stuff like that. And I had always said, you know, the first time a man, if a man ever raises his hand to me, I will leave. I will never stay in that relationship. Well, I did leave, but I went back. Hmm. Yes. Because I thought, oh, maybe he, maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe it was just because he was drunk that he treated me that way. And so I kept going back and back and back. And eventually going, waking up one day and going, this guy's going to kill me because he had threatened to kill me and the kids if I left again. So if I had known better and respected myself more and followed through on my own words to myself, I wouldn't have ended up in that situation, but I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and in so doing harming myself and my children. And sometimes I think we can have that air of, um, what's the, I don't know what the best word to describe it is, but that superiority, which I, I know I've been guilty of. In other words, mm. I was thinking, you know, when I was in that situation that um, I'm being the better person for forgiving unacceptable behavior when actually 
I wasn't being the better person because, you know, I was allowing myself to be mistreated. Yeah. Not valuing myself. Yeah. And I mean, even when you just said that being the better person, because I remember my mom saying that a lot, you know, when people um, would be rude to me when I was a kid or whatever. And, and then she'd say, but just be the better person, just forgive them, just move on. And then she would also say things like, um, be the least, just be the least as if that was a good thing. It was, that was, you know, being a humbling person or being the least was noble. No, it's not. It's not. Why do you want to be the least? Exactly. And another thing, I don't know whether you had the same example from um, your mum that I did, but I think I had the word I want trained out of me because I want uh, was met with don't get where my parents were concerned. Uh, So I wasn't sort of uh, in a position as a, a child, you know, allowed to express my own wants. That's it. And and also, I think in, in our age group and era, I don't know if you had this as well, but it was, I can remember, um, shame, I mean, bless my mom's heart, she was such a lovely, lovely person, but it was that old school thinking, you know, um, she would say things like, and which was hard for me to acknowledge about my mom, how my mom's influence had influenced me in my relationships, because to me, she was just always such a lovely, kind, open-hearted person. Um, but the one thing she would say is, you know, you need to dumb yourself down a little bit because men are threatened. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because men are threatened by strong women, you know, and you could put them off or you need to make them um, need you, want you, you know. And, and she would tell me little stories about how she would pretend to fall, you know, so that they would feel good and, and up in their ego and stuff. And it was just the most bizarre thing. And I would go, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to pretend to be this helpless woman. But it was this whole thing about the fear of that you wouldn't find a husband, that you would be left on the shelf because that's embarrassing. Um, so all these old school ways of thinking, uh, you know, imprint your own thinking towards relationships, and then you end up in a relationship that you really don't want to be in. And then it takes you forever to get out of it because you don't want to embarrass the family or bring shame on them because now you're getting divorced. So there's a lot that goes on in the background that you're very unconscious of. You're not aware of it. It's, it's kind of just there. Yeah. And I think sometimes as well, we're sort of, if we're a bit conflict adverse, I know my parents had a very volatile relationship and it made me not want to, um, you know, be on the end of any sort of confrontation. And Mm -hmm. I think if you're a bit confrontation adverse, I think sometimes we can hold back, uh, you know, on expressing our boundaries and our wants because we don't want to rock the boat or potentially cause any conflict. Yeah. Definitely. And and I think conflict was always seen as a bad thing. Um, so many of my students, clients, whatever you want to call them, they have this fear of conflict because it's seen as oh, I'm going to be aggressive or I'm going to be difficult. You know, women have been called difficult over the, the years. You never hear much about men being difficult. It's it's always, oh, she's being difficult. You know, it's, it's a woman, all of that. Or she's too demanding. Um Women have been labeled with with so many things, but conflict is a good thing because it teaches you how to negotiate and navigate through your relationship. And I remember reading years ago, um, 
this one doctor um, psychologist, and he says, if you don't have conflict in your relationship, that's a bad sign. So obviously you don't want the aggressive conflict because that's not right and healthy, but it means that somebody, if there's no conflict, it means that somebody or both of you are just, you keep suppressing and you keep accepting and you, there's no, um, as you said, there's no boundaries because it's just like, oh, well, because somebody is going to be putting up, there's going to be a, a power imbalance if there's no conflict. Yeah, and like you said, conflict doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, angry words exchanged um, from a place of um, aggression. You know, conflict literally can just be, you know, talking things through um, and, you know, having the strength to disagree or that conversation about what is or isn't acceptable. Yeah, and just being able to say, no, that's not what I want. So I didn't ask for that. I was having a conversation with somebody um, just before this and, he was, <laughs> and it was so interesting because he was saying about this this um, dynamic between this couple. And apparently, he walks into the house and he doesn't care what his fiance is watching on TV. He will walk in, pick up the remote, change the channel, go and sit down, and then just watch his program. And she doesn't say anything. And I'm like, now, in that situation, there's no respect there's no consideration there's entitlement there's there's a lot of control and the fact that she doesn't say well excuse me but i was watching that now there's no conflict because she's just accepting it but there should be conflict because that is downright disrespectful there's no boundaries there she's not teaching him how to respect her and i think so that's a prime example of when you ask for what you want or when you say to somebody, um, I don't like that, that is what conflict is. It's, it's about standing up for yourself and asking for what you want. Absolutely. So if you um, were going to give advice to anybody that might be listening that's in this situation whereby they've either previously had unhealthy relationships or in a, or in a unhealthy relationship and they want advice and your pearls of wisdom, Deborah, around um, setting boundaries. What, what's your advice around those things that they can put in place? Well, it really is about knowing what you want and giving yourself permission to do that. And I think because, as I said, setting boundaries, if you're too scared to set boundaries, um, you've got to take a little step back and look at why are you too scared to set boundaries? What is it that you believe about yourself? Do, do you not think you're worth it? Um, what fear is there? What's stopping you from setting boundaries? And often it's because we don't feel like we're enough. Um, we don't, we're not deserving. We're not worthy. There's no respect that you don't respect yourself. So you've really got to have a little bit of, as I said, taking a step backwards and saying, why am I allowing this to happen? And do you want to change that? So if you want to change it, just start small until you build up the confidence to do it. So start with the thing that bugs you the most. Um, it could be, I know with a lot of couples, sometimes it, it could be as simple as bedtime where the one partner goes, well, it's bedtime, we're going to bed now. And she's like, well, actually, I, I want to watch TV now. And he's like, no, well, you know, I don't want to start with that because you have a right 
to live your life the way you want to live it because if you don't start setting those boundaries then you're ending up in a child parent relationship so if you want to change it ask yourself what are you struggling with why you can't and then start small and work your way up from there and in the beginning it's going to feel hard it's going to feel tough because it's it's something you know you're going to enter into a state of this is not what i'm comfortable with i'm used to just going along with it but that is going to pass it's just a little bit of a thing where you where you you're out of your comfort zone but then you get used to it and then you do the next thing but don't try and do it all at once because you've got to build up your own confidence with it yeah absolutely and what i've found is that actually men do respect you more you know rather than um less and and you know becoming even more of a doormat uh what i've found with the wisdom and experience and years <laughs> and research uh is is that it's actually great to be able to um communicate those boundaries and say what you want and uh and, and risk i suppose that a bit of uncomfortability um because they might not like it in the moment but usually you know, I've had conversations with guys, you know, subsequently that have said, you know, I respected you for, for saying what you said. Exactly. As you said, they will respect you more. Nobody wants a doormat. Nobody wants somebody they can walk over. They just, everybody wants to respect somebody else and you'll get more attention and better attention when you, when you respect yourself and when you set those boundaries. So how, how do you become the relationship magnet, Deborah? I know you've uh, previously written a book about becoming the relationship magnet. So what, what would the gist be of that? Well, it always starts with self, always. So it's about understanding who you are, who you want to be, and what sort of people you would like to attract in your life. And you can always tell by the... You can always tell if you're not in a great relationship or if you, you know, you've been attracting people into your life in the past by their behavior. So obviously you look at people's behavior. Um, what do you like? What don't you like? And then once you understand what behavior you want or what sort of person you want to attract, you then got to start looking at your own beliefs. So, so to take the abuse factor again, if you feel that you are not worthy and um, you beat yourself up all the time and you keep attracting people like that into your life, then you're going to keep attracting that until you change that belief about yourself. If you constantly have people that are disrespecting you, take a step backward and go, okay, I need to start respecting myself. Where am I not respecting myself? How do I want to respect myself? So it's just about everything you want to attract into your life You've got to be that first for yourself. Treat yourself in that way. And also, you'll often find that you might have an irrational belief. Now, that you're going to need a little bit of help with because beliefs um, can be quite tough to uncover and to change. But the way that you can get to those irrational beliefs are through your feelings and emotions. Because if you feel disrespected, it's because you have a, a belief about being disrespected or you have a value of respect. So they're kind of all tied into one, but just start with treating yourself first, the way you want other people to treat you. 
not the other way around that we've grown up with where they say to people, you know, treat others like you want them to treat you. No, you've got to turn it around, treat yourself the way you want other people to treat you. And you'll, you'll, you'll see that the dynamic will change and you'll attract those kinds of people into your life. Excellent. I love that advice. So, Deborah, what's the uh, best contact information that the listeners can get hold of you on? Just go onto my website, Deborah McPhillamy. I'll quickly spell it out because McPhillamy is a bit difficult. So, Deborah McPhillamy, one word.com. Um, Deborah is D E B O R A H. And then my surname is McPhillamy, M C P H I L E M Y.com. And they'll find me. Excellent. So, can you uh, offer any final words of wisdom about being a relationship magnet that you can leave our listeners with, Deborah? My advice is always to get to know yourself, really get to know yourself, date yourself, find out about yourself. You know, like when you meet a new person or you meet a new man or a new woman, whatever the case may be, and you're so interested in them and you want to get to know about them and you want to spend time with them and you want to go to places and do fun things, do that with yourself. Find out about who you really are because a lot of people don't know who they are. So once you really get to know yourself, fall in love with yourself, like yourself, become your best friend. And once you've done that, best chances are you're going to attract amazing people into your life, whether they're life partners, friends, business partners, whatever. But just get out and get to know yourself. Love it. Yeah, totally 100% agree with that. And what I've found, you know, uh, through going on that specific journey that you can attract such wonderful people into your life yeah. on the back of starting that journey of uh, self-love and, and focusing on yourself and you deserve it to be able yeah. to do that definitely you deserve it we all do we all deserve love respect and to ha- and to, to live a joyful life absolutely so uh thank you so much deborah for being my guest on today's show i've really Thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. So it just leaves me to say, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email Lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.